Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church and this our Easter sunrise service. I'm Pastor Bibb, a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us at this early hour, this joyous hour where we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our service this day is Matins, as it begins on page 219. The uh, first hymn uh, is a processional hymn, so please note that. And before we begin, I'll turn your attention to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin, where we have a, a section where we focus on the readings for this joyous day. In Adam all die, for we are all participants in the sin of Adam who rebelled against God in the garden and brought the curse of death into the world. But in Christ shall all be made alive, for he was faithful to his father and destroyed death on the holy tree. Jesus, the second Adam, now walks in the garden in the cool of the day and reveals himself to the daughter of Eve. The risen Christ brings not the curse of death, but the blessing of life, the resurrection of the body. He leads us through the baptismal sea to new life on the other side, conquering our mortal enemies in its depths. In this way, our Lord Jesus wipes away tears from all faces, for he has swallowed up death forever. Let us therefore be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Again, the service this day is the Office of Matins as it begins on page 219. At the this time, I'll ask you to please rise as we have our processional hymn. The Old Testament reading for the resurrection of our Lord is from Isaiah chapter 25. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. 
The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. How good it is to hear that blessed word of praise once again. Today the fast is broken and we praise the Lord once again with that sublime word which has been passed down to us. Alleluia. Indeed, it is good, very good to gather today in celebration, in thanks, and in jubilant praise. But we must remember that those saints on that first Easter morning, they were not expecting good news. They were living in sorrow and shock, stumbling through a fog of grief and disbelief at the horror of Good Friday still reeling from all of those events. And if we are honest with ourselves, well, we mirror those first witnesses of the resurrection in this, that we too have grown accustomed to bad news and evil events, such as life in a fallen world. We too wake up to headlines from around the world and the nation which cause us sorrow and shock, and all too often the events of our own lives leave us, just like Mary Magdalene, stumbling through a fog of grief and disbelief. But let us consider what St. John tells us of this day. For what occurred on this day is shockingly good, not just for Mary, Peter, and John, but for all the church and indeed all the world. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark, 
and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Going to the tomb of Jesus, while it was still dark, there was no expectation of what had already transpired. Mary was literally and figuratively still in the dark. She and the other faithful women had gone to anoint Jesus' body, not knowing how they would remove the stone from the, t- from the tomb, but still going to the tomb in faithful dedication to honor their slain Lord. Notice that John focuses in on Mary Magdalene especially. This is important for what comes later in his account. Despite the darkness of that early morning and the bleary fog which comes with walking through days of grief, Mary sees the tomb open. Seeing the open tomb and not seeing the body of Jesus, her mind focuses on one question and one question alone. Where? Where is Jesus? Where is my Lord? So she ran to tell Peter and John what she saw. Seeing that the tomb was open and not seeing Jesus, she does the only thing she can think of, the very thing that would have come naturally for any of us. She goes and informs those closest to her and closest to Jesus that his body is gone. Now what happened next? Well, St. John records, so Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Well, folks, the evidence was clear. The tomb was empty. Peter and John see the linen cloths, but no body. And Peter, we are told, notices a specific detail which only adds to the peculiar and perplexing events of the morning. That face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself, off to the side. Can you even begin to imagine their thoughts, what must have been going through their head? What were they to make of all this? We're told that John saw and believed, but even with this faith, they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. So, Peter and John went back to their homes. With Peter and John now gone... Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And stooping to look into the tomb herself, she found that she was, in fact, not alone. She saw two angels who said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Mary's lost in grief. She's lost in confusion and quite likely exhaustion from everything that had occurred and was still occurring. It doesn't seem to register in her mind that she is speaking with two of God's holy angels. Her response to them confirms that her mind is still fixated on one question alone. Where? Where is Jesus? As she says, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Well, she was about to get an answer to her question. St. John continues, having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. 
She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. This is a beautiful scene, and it is rich with meaning. Mary had been so consumed with the question of where is Jesus that she never believed he'd actually be alive. She came to the tomb that early morning looking for a dead Jesus. To her shock, he was not in the tomb. He was right there in front of her, crucified, yes, but risen, glorified, alive. At the sound of his voice, this frightened sheep, she knew exactly where her good shepherd was. He is alive, and in her joy, she embraces him. But for all her joy and amazement, Jesus sends her on a mission. He said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary's question had been answered. She knew where, her, where the Lord Jesus was, and she also knew where he was going. And so in obedience to her risen Lord, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Well, dear saints, I'll put the same question to you this morning that Jesus did to Mary. Whom are you seeking this day? Did you come to church looking for a dead Jesus? Do you know where Jesus is? That is, where he is to be found? There are those who call themselves Christians today and yet do not believe that the Lord is risen and living. There are false teachers everywhere claiming that one does not have to believe in a literal resurrection in order to be a Christian. Instead, they claim that Easter is about becoming the resurrection so that Jesus lives on through our actions. Well, such a statement seeks to be wise and profound, but it is actually a lie from hell. To, attempt, to accept such falsehood as truth is to deny the resurrection of Christ. St. Paul speaks to us in the epistles saying, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Folks, the resurrection of Christ is a historical fact. We do not worship a dead Jewish carpenter, but the risen and living Lord of heaven and earth. Now, if Christ was dead, then we Christians, well, we'd be the most pathetic people in the world. St. Paul, he elaborates on this very thought further in 1 Corinthians 15 when he says, Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection from the dead? But if there is no resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only... We are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. Let there be no doubt. Christ Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried on Good Friday. And three days later, on Easter, he was raised from death. And now he lives and reigns unto all eternity. But we still have not answered that question that filled Mary Magdalene's mind on that first Easter morning. Where is Jesus? The answer, exactly where he has promised to be found. 
Yes, Christ Jesus is ascended to the right hand of the Father, but he is still present with us, with you, his church, in his chosen means, his word and sacraments. The same Jesus who is crucified, buried, and raised from death speaks to you in his living and active word. The word made flesh who dwelt among us is still abiding with us in the spirit-inspired and inerrant scriptures. And so also in the waters of baptism, you were joined to Jesus, to his death and resurrection. He who told Nicodemus, truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, is the very one who gave you that new birth of water and the spirit and gives you entrance into his eternal kingdom by grace. Your crucified Lord who prayed for his enemies on the cross, saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, forgives you all your sins through the proclamation of his called and ordained servants. It is Christ's absolution. And it is your risen Lord who feeds you his resurrected body and blood in and under bread and wine in his holy supper. Christ the victim, Christ the priest. So where is Jesus? exactly where he promised to be, doing exactly what he has promised to do. And behold, our Lord says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Dear Christians, the truth is this. Your good shepherd lives, and he is continuing to tend you, his flock. Your sins are forgiven you, and heaven is yours. All that was necessary for your salvation has been accomplished. And as surely as Christ is risen, you too shall rise by his Holy Spirit, Christ Jesus continues to call, gather, enlighten, sanctify, and keep you until you too are planted in an earthen garden. But even there, you will rest securely. For when the final Easter dawns, the gardener, well, he knows just where he's planted you. And on that day, you will not be in the dark. You will be raised in everlasting light and glory. Your Lord and God will wipe away tears from all faces, and it will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Almighty God, through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, you overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. We humbly pray that we may live before you in righteousness and purity forever. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For minds fixed always on the word of Christ, that we would rejoice today in his resurrection and continue forever in the one true faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For greater faith in the women on that first Easter morning, that certain of his resurrection, we may believe the word of Christ, seeking his body in the blessed sacrament and proclaiming his truthfulness without hesitation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For faith, hope, and love, that the fruits of repentance and our Lenten disciplines would continue until their completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For preservation from all threats to peace, that the Lord would prevent pride, willful might, 
the deceptions of self-sufficiency, and the use of technology without conscience or purpose, and for our president and governor, for those elected or appointed to serve our government, and for all who judge or enforce the rule of law, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For John Brenneman, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Richard Phillips, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Leahy, Lisa Rash, Ted Phillips, and all who suffer in the body, that strengthened by Christ's resurrection, they may stand on his word now until they stand anew with Job and all the resurrected saints. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For hearts and lives cleansed from the leaven of sin, that we may worthily receive Christ our Passover lamb in this holy communion. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who mourn, that the truth of Christ's empty tomb would comfort them, and that in the midst of their grief they may abide in the hope of his resurrection and until the day when God wipes every tear from their eyes. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. All praise to you, dear Father in heaven, for you have opened the way to eternal life by the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We give you thanks for all those who have gone before us in the faith and now rest from their labors. Keep us in that same faith and embolden us by your resurrection to be fearless in the face of disease, chaos, loneliness, and every sorrow of this world. Give us with Job the solemn expectation to cheer us. Our Redeemer lives, and we too shall be resurrected and glorified to live with him in his eternal kingdom. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our resurrected Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Well, blessed Easter to one and all. It's a joy to see you all here on this Lord's Day where we celebrate his resurrection. As we continue with our celebration this morning, we do have Easter breakfast here immediately after the service. We're all invited to please stay for that. Later on this morning, our 9 a.m. divine service with Holy Communion followed by what will probably be quite a brief Sunday school and Bible study. Uh, just a note is what, for what's coming up later on in the month, I do have a continuing education conference from the 24th to the 27th. Uh, all the details about that is in there, but do note I will be out of the office for that time. And because of that also, uh, for later on this month, Theology on Tap has moved up a week. So uh, the women will be meeting on the 18th of this month at 7, and then men on Thursday the 20th at 7 p.m. So please do note that. And I don't believe I've missed any announcements at all, but... Tell you what, there's not really much more to say other than Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Go in God's peace and in resurrection joy, I'll greet you at the door.